1: With Steve Nudelberg, here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to episode 27. Just like the book's title, 27. We've been oh, doing this con- 20 20, 20, well, 26 so far. This is number 27, <laughs> Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, based on the 27 rules for influencers and leaders alike. 27? Uh, the episode, 27, the book, there's synergy here. It's all coming together. Love it. Very love meta, it. very meta. I, I wanted nice, I wanted to start today by uh yeah. saying what a phenomenal night Saturday night was. Saturday night. How about Justin Timberlake? Can that, that boy is, bring it? That boy
0: was, first of all, the best stage I've seen at a concert venue. That's Maybe how you do a tour. That's how you do That's a how tour, you put on a show. It's an arena. For those that it.
1: didn't get a chance to see it or attend, Justin Timberlake, formerly event sync, solo since 2002. This tour is for arenas, which means you can use the hockey rink, basketball rink, court floor perception and dimensions to really go to every corner of the arena and make sure that the single mom in the 400 levels has a VIP experience, just the same as the guys that paid all that money for the front row tickets. It really is genius. It's really it's a, it's a Vegas-style show in quality. It's, it's more than a concert. I really felt that way. I felt yeah. like I would, this it's was
0: impressive. the ultimate... Professional yeah. at what he does. He looked like he was having a good time. He is. But the thing that really stuck out stood out at me was the bar
1: on the floor. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's a genius why concept. Somebody do that before. Some <laughs> folks are doing that where they do a pit area. It's general admission, standing room on the floor. And then there's a VIP area where if you're a member of his fan club and then you're a member of this credit card and you pre, et cetera, you have a chance to buy those tickets and they're not cheap. They're, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, but then they, you have access to the bar right there. So like behind the bartender is Timberlake singing at you. And you know, it's weird because he texted me before the show and he said, I don't know if this solo thing's going to work out. Should I get back with the boy band? And I said, I think you should. I don't think the solo thing's going to work out for you, JT. It's funny. He was actually with me when you texted him. I mean? so, so, so was it a
0: joke the whole time? No, Did you put him a, up to a, that? I, I just, as a student of the game, yeah. I wanted to recognize that that guy gets
1: it. Entertainer. Well, yeah, I mean, he's exactly. funny and he's likable. He's, he's that perfect entertainer. Uh, Listen, whether you're selling or you're inspiring, or you're motivating, if you are likable, and we talk about all the time in here, right? It's this relationships. It's all relationships, and you can do business with those who you like, genuinely. Not those who want something from you. Not those that you know are phony, and fugazi, and fronting, as they say on the street. The reality is, Timberlake is one of those rare guys. And this is how you build a pop star. My friends that are in the business, Tony Bon Jovi would always say, what you want is, you find a girl, and you want that girl to be a girl that all the guys want to bleep and all the girls want to be. And if you can do that, there's your pop star. And there's and we're done. There that's today's lesson. Guys don't hate on Timberlake. I, guys want to be right. his best friend, he's they, they want to cool be he could be. And all the girls, they all love him and he's a cute daddy now and he's a husband, but he's still sex symbol and teenage heartthrob and that's a tough transition, the boy band transition. I mean David Cassidy did it once upon a time. You know, but Leif Garrett, not really. It's I mean, if you he go was through, a
0: musketeer. If you go, yes, he was.
1: He was. And if you go back to you know Frank Sinatra, the original teen heartthrob, you know, and then Elvis Presley, the original rock star. It's a tough transition from teen heartthrob into what Timber. So it, there's something in you know your book and in your program and in your live boot camp about sellability and marketability and likability that Timberlake would be a great model of reinvention, total of relatability. And how he is always connecting and networking. You see him with any and all genre of music, entertainment, pop culture. He crosses all boundaries, and the crowd reflected that. And he was Which, a kid. He was a kid as, a, as a, he was a kid as a tween that was entering the Miss Memphis pageant. He was a beauty. Pe- he was the only boy entering the field of not, all the, all the did beauty. Did not know that. There's a video of Here it. Here he goes again. He's 11 or 12 years old, and he's like, "My name's Justin Timber." He was on Star Search as a kid. He's right. just a consummate entertainer. Which which is a great segue about
0: likability. Yes. To our guest today, who I am thrilled came in uh,
1: planes and trains. Planes and trains. <laughs> and automobiles. Just Scott like Bro. It. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank Scott you, Bro, Thank the you, Chief sir. Brand Officer at Retro Fitness, joining us for episode 27. And it is pronounced Bro. It Which is. makes you likable already. You're it a is. bro,
2: man. I'm a bro, bro. <laughs> you are a bro, bro. What do you know and about
1: it, Justin Timberlake? Because well, while I they can't say, see you.
2: I, I wish I, I, wish I would have uh, brushed up on my boy band etiquette before I walked <laughs> in here. I didn't know the first 10 minutes of the conversation. Greatest we're boy be band of
1: all time. Go ahead.
2: I got to go new kids. I'm from that generation. Really? Yeah. I'm I ashamed got, to I, admit it.
1: Boys. I, got, I got Jackson 5. Ooh, oh, that is ooh, a boy man. That's, that's the that's, yeah, that's the that's the original. Yeah. yeah, that's Jackson Five, slightly greater than NSYNC Boys, Backstreet Boys to me is kind of like a an imitation of the NSYNC. NSYNC to okay. me is
2: greater than Backstreet Boys. By the way, I, I am thoroughly embarrassed at this conversation already that I have to admit <laughs> that I knew about new kids on the block.
1: So so <laughs> it's this funny. is what we do, man. We bring it out. <laughs> it's we, funny. Can Scott. we go back
2: to Springsteen we were talking about earlier? Yeah.
1: Because right. uh, Chief Brand Officer at Retro Fitness Today we were supposed to discuss reinvention. Well, well I'll tell you how we met because it's, you know, do that. This is sort of why because it falls right into the Timberlake because Timberlake is that model of reinvention and reinvent yourself. Madonna did it successfully and she's still five decades now into a career. So I know Scott for probably 10 years close to it. Yep. Uh, got introduced through a, a
0: buddy of mine. They were involved in a, in a, um, a different franchise opportunity. I got, and I don't know if you want to talk about it, uh, learning experience, but, um, Got introduced to him, sat down, and started a marketing conversation that quickly went to sales. And he was explaining to me what he was doing, why he was doing it, what the return on investment Hold was. Hold for a
1: second. Do people understand the difference between marketing and sales? Probably not. Okay, so if you could sum that up, because I heard beautifully it summed up the idea of a moment from a movement because, you know, of the, the gun uh, issue. And a man so eloquently said, uh, a movement is when there's sacrifice. When there's compromise, people in sales and in marketing, I'm not sure they're aware when they have conversations about marketing that, as you said, quickly transition into sales. If you could summarize, how would you differentiate the marketing conversation from a sales conversation? So it's
0: really interesting. Most of the companies that I've ever been involved in Mm -hmm. or around, marketing is on one side, sales is on the other side. Marketing is creating this halo shit that nobody would ever use. Sales guys are going, listen, you go keep the door locked over there, let us do what we need to do. Uh So they never really have a conversation. I think one of the things that Scott did so well and I recognized and is paramount to what's happening to salespeople now because salespeople need to market themselves is – Everything is a sales and marketing conversation. It's uh-huh. all intertwined. You know, how you present yourself, what the brand looks like, what it says, all the genuineness. So what is
1: marketing versus what is sales? Why don't we have, Scott, Scott, oh, by all means, what's I mean, the difference?
2: If you really boil it down, uh, marketing's goal is to generate interest and awareness. I have to make my product or my service appealing to Ooh. you so that the salesman can do their job, close them.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So there are commercials on television sometimes that are really more marketing than they are selling. Correct. Yeah, and, there's, there's and a definitely lot of times things. it's buy this jelly because it's 30% less sugar and it's more natural and better for your kids. And that's just advertising. That's just selling.
2: Correct. Yeah, there's, there's definitely things out there that are more brand awareness oriented. Stuff that you want to create a message, and experience, you want to convey that in a easily digestible <laughs> way. You're not doing a hard close. So when you're seeing fast food ads, for example, and they've got a, a, a Happy Meal they're giving you a price. They're giving you a place to get it. They're selling you. They're selling you.
1: That's advertising. That's selling you. Yeah. But when I see a Boeing ad during a PGA Golf on a Saturday, that's marketing because most of us don't go, oh, you know what? I need a 767.
2: <laughs> when you see when you see a, a digital ad for Nike and all you see is a swoosh in an image, uh-huh. that's marketing.
0: Right. That's more marketing. It, there, there's an emotion associated with marketing that you know the brand... You know, gives it you evokes a promise. It evokes that emotion. You liked when
1: I used the term evoked a few weeks ago. I do. You I know, brand should evoke a feeling in you. And, and
0: and so what's great about the opportunity to talk in this environment is that when we're talking to salespeople, they don't get that anymore because you as a salesperson, male or female, you evoke an emotion in, in other people whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. Uh-huh. And I don't think salespeople get that. They just live with, well, this is the brand that I'm going to sell, and that's what I'm going to talk about, features and benefits and all that. Well, if you don't make me feel good, right?
1: goodbye. But brands make you feel <laughs> Brands make you feel a certain way. Correct. And they have spent a lot of money and a lot of research and a lot of time and effort to try and manipulate you to feel that way when you sense and see and experience that brand, right? So
0: when I was a kid, if I put on Puma, blue suede Pumas, I played better basketball.
2: That's all. There is <laughs> but Reebok pumps over here.
1: <laughs> well, we have a generational issue because uh-huh. Nudelberg's talking old. about his his Clyde Walt Frazier, right. right? Clyde, he, he, Clyde the Glide had the right. uh, the Pumas, the blue Absolutely. suede, the uh, royal blue, uh, the navy blue, and of course you were Reebok pump because you were coming up in uh, the nineties,
2: eighties, 80s. late eighties, nineties, late eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so as chief brand officer of Retro Fitness, first of all, the name Retro Fitness, it's not Uh, Is it supposed to make me think that this is the old school way? This isn't fancy nonsense. This is just the old school way. This is Jack LaLanne. Do your chin-ups.
2: You know, a great question, by the way. Uh, So when I first joined the brand, that was literally the first question I asked. What is the origin of the brand name? Where did Retro come from? And uh, the CEO, who's still uh, very much a part of the day-to-day, the founder of the company, uh, basically said that he wanted to appeal to Gen Xers, who he's a part of that generation, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to create that nostalgic feeling where you could go into a gym, you not only get the sort of yesterday pricing pricing model, but you also are reminded from the decor of how things used to be. Oh. Now, the brand and the space itself, the fitness space, have evolved, right? And uh, the pricing model when retro was originally started was the was the lowest in the game because it was the retro model. We were we are going to have a retro pricing while you others continue to escalate your prices on the audience. So now we're not the lowest price in the game, but what we are still retro is the way that we go about treating our members. If you walk into a retro fitness, you will be treated exquisitely. We care about you. We want to see you get results. A lot of our competitors out there, they just want your dollars. Give us that $10 a month. Give us that $20 a month, $30, $40. We don't care if you show up. Mm -hmm. With us, we actively are out there trying to get our members in the door. We want them to be successful. We want them to become evangelists. We want them to become ambassadors for retro fitness. Right share the experience, and do some sort of bottom-to-the-top marketing um, that will help you know, create referrals and create love a larger that. business. I,
0: I love that. I, I think most brands <clears throat> try to promise that and really don't deliver it. So that's really where the paradigm is, is that you know, when you can execute, which obviously I know that you guys do, um, and deliver great experiences to people, that's what the game changer
1: is. I have a preconceived notion about a brand that's an airline that I've never flown based on just what I've read um, in stories and in bad experiences and people have had in social media. Nobody ever takes the social media, and particularly Twitter, and says, hey, so-and-so airlines, uh, the flights were on time. There was no issues. Thanks so much. They only bitch and complain and moan. And I had a preconceived notion about this brand. So as I was trying to book my flight to Atlantic City, because my friend is going into the Boxing Hall of Fame in two weekends, and the only... planes that flew the only airline that flew to lake city nonstop is this airline
0: i know the airline. yeah i know and So
1: looks. immediately i had a guttural reaction yep so maya angelou people remember the things you say and the things you do remember the way you make them feel right this brand already makes me feel some kind of way and i've never once used them Incredible. but now i am using them and an error in the booking had me returning on the wrong day on sunday instead of monday and when they went to correct it, they said, "Well, it's a hundred dollar change fee, blah blah blah." And I said, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's got to be a better way." So I took to Twitter, and I went with honey, not vinegar, right? I tried to go, and I and I said, "Please DM me. I'd like privately to resolve this." And I and I thanked them for their time in replying to me. And guess what? They waived that cancel that that change fee, and they actually wow, took care of it for you. me. Wow. So now my reaction is they're not as bad as I thought they were, until the flight gets canceled trying to go there, because we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, you—they gave you that was an opportunity.
0: So, you know, one of the things in growing all they of have the an bus- opportunity to grow my business well, right. And all of the businesses I've ever been involved in, people can say anything they want. The reality is, when you have a problem, which somebody's going to have a problem when you deal with people and businesses, it's how you deal with that problem right. that separates, you know. And that's really the experience. Your results, side. yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's why people are willing to pay more in in today's society because...
1: Scott is uh, of my generation. Scott remembers Roadhouse. You may not remember Patrick Swayze when he said, uh, we'll be nice till it's time to not be nice. That's good. And, and there's, there's a line about, you know, he's the door guy. He says, be yeah. nice till it's time to not be nice. And, and the same thing with, with this airline. I'm going to go with Honey and see... And don't mistake my kindness for weakness because I know that it was a mistake and it may, I'm not saying it was totally mine. It was totally yours. But let's resolve it. And they did the right thing, and now I'm a, I'm a happy traveler before I get on my first flight. I'm sure I won't be when I get off it. But you get the idea. I right? will not fly
0: that airline, by the way.
1: No? Just for I, the record.
2: Yeah, I've had I, I not, I've had. <laughs>
1: everything that they talk about is real. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a direct flight, and the only ones that fly to Atlantic wow. City. Wow. So.
2: And by the way, two things I didn't think I'd be talking about today. Yeah. Justin Timberlake and Roadhouse. How about that? But I'm, I'm welcome to talk about both of them. <laughs> be nice. To sound well, you know nice. what? This it.
0: is an open forum. What do you want to talk about?
2: <laughs> Let's talk about the the, the the connection of marketing and sales. That's why it. we're here. Yeah, right? exactly. For it. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. And Steve, you're probably sick of me talking about it, but you know, I, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Oh, anybody that knows well, me, um, and are you it, really? It's it goes back. Are you to a when, Jersey guy? Uh, I was originally born in Baltimore. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, my love for Springsteen dates back to when I was six years old. The first piece of music I ever bought with my own money was Born in the USA. Really? Yep. And uh, before I, you I,
1: knew what that song was about.
2: True. Yeah. I, I just this is this great segue into the conversation. I wrote a blog about this and it's one of the favorite things I've ever written. So at six years old, I, I didn't identify with much at that time. I mean, what well, can you, right? So I what I identified with was the image that Bruce put out there. So mm-hmm. I knew that there was this blue collar guy. He loved the flag, he loved his Chains country, he was strong, yeah. he was powerful. At six years old I, I gravitated to it. And it's interesting because I, I later realized that I learned my first marketing lesson at six years old. I learned how you attract an audience by an image. And, you know, I have continued to be a oh, a, a fan, and I've continued to learn. The cover
1: of that uh, CD or cassette tape. Isn't that his the uh, cover? The flag coming out yeah. of his jeans. G- he's got a,
2: pat, a hat in his back pocket. He's got back. a hat in yeah, his right.
1: back pocket. He's got the T-shirt. He's got the faded yeah. Levi's. He's in front of the American flag.
2: Sure. And I saw the video on MTV, and I just was like, I like that guy. I don't know why I like him, but I, I couldn't understand the lyrics. Yeah. It didn't mean anything to me. No. Oh. And, uh, you know, as, I, as I've aged and I've matured, my, my fandom for him and my you know, loyalty to him as an artist is, has increased. And my wife will tell you I drag her to concerts all over the country. And <laughs> once my kids are old enough, they'll get dragged as well. Um, but, you know, I was listening to an interview with him that he gave some time ago. And, and he was talking about something that just really resonated with me. And he said, I'm in, I'm in the middle of a long conversation with my audience. And by the time it's done, it will be a lifelong journey for both of us. Yeah, and for me, uh, yeah. that 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 sets the foundation for how I go about marketing. It's it's understanding your audience at its deepest levels, having a conversation with them, getting feedback, talking back after you get that feedback, and getting to a point where you're so granular and you know each other so well that whatever you deliver to them, whatever message, whatever sales sales call to action you want to deliver to them, you know that you have bought equity with that audience. They're already that, because it, right? because you fee- they have felt like you have listened to them. And they well, they're know invested. That, correct. And they know that you understand them, so they trust you. And just like Bruce, Bruce is pushing 70 years old. He can play anywhere in the world. He can sell out any stadium in the world. His album will go to number one in 10-plus countries no matter what he releases. If he releases White Noise, it'll go to number <laughs> one. And the reason, the reason that, it, that he's that way is because he has listened to his audience. They know him. They trust him. They know that when they fork over their monetary and spiritual allegiance, he will deliver it back to them in spades.
1: But, but isn't there also because, you know, artists package themselves, all right? And that's what this whole thing is. But there's authenticity, which we always talk about on in this sales, podcast, which parody, you talk right? about in the book, which you talk about during boot camps. Don't you get the idea, Scott, that Bruce Springsteen is authentic? He oh, really sure. is that guy. He's not phony and faking it with his audience to pretend he's one thing. He's really that guy.
2: That's that's the other component. And, I, and I'm, I've been fortunate enough to meet the man twice. And, uh, you know, when you meet someone that you admire and look up to, there's always that sense of apprehension of, you know, is this person going to disappoint me? Right. Is he going to be. Never a,
1: meet your heroes, they say.
2: Yeah. Is he going to be, a you know, insert yeah. word. Um and you know the guy just could not be any more gracious could not be any more humble he is exactly who you think he is That's and, why it and works. that just you know and, and his authenticity is the other component is he's not trying to deceive anybody he's not trying to make a quick buck he is saying give me your support and I will give you every ounce back
1: yeah
0: and he's grateful so to what, his audience what's interesting about that is that all of the years that we were working in sports and bringing sports to marketing there was such a um. I don't even know the right word, but you know, when Tiger Woods was, you know, marketing Buick,
2: Mm -hmm. I was like, is he really driving a Buick? Is he driving a Buick? You
0: really think Tiger Woods is driving a Buick? Mm -hmm. There was no authenticity is Isn't that what got
2: smashed with the golf club?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was, this was, yeah, this was addressed. (laughs) That's authentic. This was addressed two years ago when LeBron James did a campaign for Kia and said, oh, so he was reading tweets. That said, no way LeBron James actually drives a Kia. Uh, You know, uh, I'll bet you $10 million, whatever. And so LeBron is behind the wheel of the Kia and he goes, I'm coming to your house to pick up my money. There was the whole, you know, the bank truck and where where should I get my chip? The idea of, we know you think I don't really drive this. Now, whether he does or doesn't, he is confronting that, bringing it right because everyone's thinking it, right? LeBron James, Kia, no way. Right. if if he was
0: not being paid, he's not driving. A Kia. And, and so that, that, that doesn't make Kia bad. That mark, but, those kind of things always went against the grain for me. Cause then that's, there's no authenticity. Sprink, there's no authenticity. But that marketing on.
1: campaign, got the first second of the television ad, it's them saying, we know you think he doesn't actually drive this. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about it and we're going to bring it to you. And so whether you believe it or not, at least you go, ah, at least are recognizing the fact that the perception may not be authentic.
0: You know, and, and what's great is that I picked that up the first time we met. Which, as I remember, incredible memory. He was talking about Springsteen, you know. 10 years ago. (laughs) uh, This is how it came about. It was like they had some, you know, franchises that were opening in New York, and he goes, I want to share something I'm doing with you. And I let him go, and he's up on the board, and he's talking about, I'm doing this thing with Springsteen, and it's going to be this and that, and this is the return Uh on investment. And I'm like, going, did this guy lose his mind, (laughs) man? Springsteen? And then he made the connection. And I think that's you know the point of why we've been friends ever since. And one of the things you said in the beginning about Justin Timberlake, I didn't want anything from you. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever pitch you, sell you. I genuinely connected and said, "This is a smart guy. This is a guy that gets it. That will do great things." And. I, t- Think about it. I don't know that we ever really did business
2: together. Never. I don't think we did. Really, no. You know? And it's, it's actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I said to my wife as I was on my way down to South Florida, I am really looking forward to seeing Steve. Yeah. And she knows me, and I don't say that about her. Well, who people. says that? Who says that, though?
1: <laughs> who says I'm really looking forward to seeing Steve? Nobody. Just just people that you owe money. <laughs> <laughs> You're <bookie>. the, the, <laughs> many, the Many <laughs> of
2: those people. Yeah, <laughs> there
1: you go. There but, you
2: go. I
0: mean, that, you know, so. But I but, you think know, I, I, sorry, Steve. I think, you know, I think yeah. the
2: point of me bringing that up was because neither one of us are looking for anything from the other. And I just, I, I think I, I personally, I enjoy when I'm around you because of the mutual respect we have for each other. And the, and the fact that we just have very interesting conversations,
1: Wh- which is what, what aren't those the best relationships? Yes, though? And, and when nobody, when there's nothing worse than, you know, that somebody's about to ask you for something and they're not there yet. When I hear from those girls right before Sunfest, Hey, <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't heard from you in a year. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just go ahead and ask for tickets. Cause the answer is no. But well, go ahead and ask. Cause I know right. that's a, the, you know that feeling we all have when you know somebody wants something from you? We joke on the show, Kemla Vicka, the voice of the Alls and I, because I joke that, you know, if an email begins with hope all is well, Brace yourself. They're about to ask you for something. Oh yeah, They you want something oh, from you. Yeah, if it says hope all is well, I'm like, okay, what do you want?
2: Well, I also start those emails with hope all is well if I hadn't heard from somebody that owed me something in a while. So <laughs> ah. I hope you've been spending your time wisely because I still need that item that I asked you about. A very dear
0: friend of mine who actually used to work in this market uh, became the senior vice president of sales for the Las Vegas Knights. Mm-hmm. And when he took that job, nobody was calling him for tickets. You know, no. they, you know, it was
1: like, oh, all right, I'm
0: in Vegas. It was good luck. The last thing I'm going to do is go to a hockey game. You know, yeah. I-, I sent him a note last night. I go, so
1: how many friends do you have now? <laughs> you know? who's, who's asking yeah. you for oh, tickets? Yeah. You know, so you know yeah. it's funny you say Bruce Springsteen. A dear friend of mine, Darlene Delano, retired New York City cop. She became Clarence Clemens' business manager. And she was for years and years, and God rest his soul, big man was a friend of mine. And I remember getting a text message from her and said, nobody knows this, but the band is coming to Miami, Uh, either Fort Lauderdale, BB&T, or this was a a decade ago or so. And she said, nobody knows this yet, but the band's coming and whatever. She goes, you can have tickets because you've never asked for anything. And it just hit me like, wow, I didn't take her up on the offer. And I I, I wish in hindsight that that I would have in this instance here. But the idea that we're talking about this now it I'll come full circle, she went out of her way to think of me because she was thinking about people that never, ever ask her for anything. And it was just the most random text offer since I never asked for anything. The best relationships are when nobody wants anything from the other other than to see them happy, healthy, and successful.
0: So, you know, I get in and deal with all these salespeople now, which is great. And they're across a lot of different categories. And so I ask a question. I go, so... Tell me about what a good meeting is. What's a good, you know, visit with somebody? Oh, if I'm meeting with the decision maker, or if they have money to spend, or you know, all of these business-related things. And I'll say to them, "What happens if you meet somebody you just like? Is that mm-hmm. that is that okay?" And most of them will say, "I don't have time to just meet people I like." I go. That's the only thing you have
2: done. It's all about it's, it's about creating relationships, <laughs> right? right? And, yes. and if, if if you can create business relationships, eventually out of those friendships and those relationships, then that's that's a bonus. But you know, it's it's uh, it's funny. Uh, I, I'm a self admitted Bravo addict. My wife and I watch that a lot of evenings. Watch what happens. And uh, yeah, <laughs> what are you watching? Does, does anybody Housewives? watch? Sell it like Sirhint? Does anybody watch that show? No. I no. figured you might. What's the premise? This real estate expert goes around telling people how to sell. And one of his main, watches of, it. Yep. one of his main pillars is it's about relationship building. Don't start with, you know, the sales approach. Start with, how are you? You know, it's a nice blazer you well, got on today. Steve. Good, yeah, tell me something exactly. good, man. Exactly. And yeah. it's, it's just a, it's a principle. And, and I think it's extremely effective.
0: Uh, you know, the agenda going in, if I was coming to sell you, we would have been done because it wasn't an opportune time for us to work together. And we would have been done. We would have never continued our friendship. We would have never been here. And the richness of my life is not the deals that I've done because they come and go. Clients come and go. Mm-hmm. The real friends that you have, the people that, you know, like when you say, wow, I'm looking forward to seeing you, that makes me feel good. You know, and I felt the same way, which is why I invited Johnny here. I don't think the sales world is programmed that way. I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm sure they're not. They're not. You know, and- Sometime in our lifetime there 'll be an opportunity to work together Absolutely. and you know if we do great it 'll be great, and if we don't
1: but, but the focus the traditional focus in in your world, and i 'm not a sales guy i 'm a secret marketing nerd i 've been doing marketing of myself for a quarter of a century now you do a pretty package and built this friend. kind of this thank you very much nice to say but i'm i 'm a sole survivor self made self paid kind of a guy that just said, hey. I think I figured something out that is useful to you, but it's always been based on the idea of symbiotics. Don't most sales and marketing folk think, how can I get their money and take it and put it in my pile? As opposed to, hey, let's nurture a partnership, and here's why it's a benefit to you. If the focus were more on symbiotic, wouldn't people be more successful, Scott?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and I'm going to take a moment here and use this platform as a way to advise people on how to approach LinkedIn because, Steve, you said something to me that, that just resonated right now. I, I I'm sure like everyone in the room I, I get lots of uh, connections on LinkedIn every day lots of messages how they can help and the, the, the different things they want to sell to me right <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I would say that 75 percent of them their intro right their intro they they're essentially their entrance way into creating a relationship with me starts with telling me something that I could be doing better or doing wrong wow 75 <laughs> percent of those messages and uh-huh. that's that's the way that you get approached on LinkedIn 75 percent of the time crazy and you know delete right away but if i get an email that says hey i really love the work you've done with with retro or or whomever i'm a big fan of this you know they offer a compliment they say hey listen i'm sure you're busy we got a service i think you might benefit from i'm a lot more likely to engage with that person um especially if they are if they're offering something that i actually truly do have an interest in
1: is is fitness a fad is fitness here to stay
2: oh fitness isn't going anywhere i mean especially you know times have shown that even in Times of economic downturn, uh-huh. people always want to stay healthy.
1: It faster. seems like there's never been, and I'm a pop culturalist, there's never been a focus like there is now on the gym and eating better. 58
2: and million it, Americans belong to a gym.
1: It, it's no longer an activity. Is that right? 58 million, wow. it, it used to be like going to the dentist and now it's like culture. It's lifestyle. It's these people. It's where their friends and social support group is. I mean, uh, you know, to me, I, I, I I'm not that far removed from the college girls because I still hang out with some of them. All these girls. The,
0: uh, officers waiting outside.
1: All these, all these girls, these 22, 23, 24 year old girls, they go to the gym. They all do squats. They all work with weights. You know, back in the, in the mid nineties, it was maybe a little aerobics, a little jazzercise, some nonsense, and that was it. Spandex and be cute. Uh, uh, the fitness isn't going anywhere. This is the new normal. Well, I, everyone's I think, going to everyone is going to be. And right? there's
2: different incarnations of it now because before it used to just be brick and mortar, and now you have concepts like Peloton, and you have other video on demand services uh-huh. that are bringing the workouts into the home, into the office space, what have you. So it's it's there's different opportunities, but the market is moving towards convenience. How so, can you how can you make what you do more convenient? I,
0: right. I, I think you know, and, and so all of those offer different benefits and features, and like for me. I don't want to work out in my home. I, I want to go to a place. I'm still one of those guys that does the boot camps, and you know, I box with a group, you know, because I like that competition. I like that camaraderie. So, but there's so many more choices in the space, and you know, at I'll be 58 years old. You know, I, I can, God willing, God willing, come on, thank you. Um, <laughs> but but the 60 is the new 40. Yes, you know, it is. I mean, it's not. You know, when I was a kid, I looked at 60-year-olds and I'm like, oh, my God, they're 60. They didn't take care of their health. They were smoking mm-hmm. and eating wrong. And that's just not the case anymore. It's whole people new world. are more in tune with, wow, you know what, I can really feel good. And I'm overwhelmed with that. I'm focused on reverse engineering. I want to feel good. Yeah. What do I got to do to feel good? I don't. I wouldn't say that I love going to the gym. I love what it does for me. And I think mm-hmm. that's where the 58 million people you know, most of the time, so it's a fun space for you to be in now.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 the the, the success of each of those sort of incarnations of fitness always falls back on from mar- just to circle it back to marketing. Yeah. It, it falls back on people's emotional wise, and and you made me think of it just now with what you were saying. So the fitness concepts out there that don't have a brand, they're going to tell you this is our point of entry. This is what you pay a month, you get access to why, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, those are the concepts out there. The brands tap into the emotional wise. Mm-hmm. Why are you working out? Why are you investing your time, your money, your sweat, your energy into this? Is it because you want to lose 10 pounds? Is it because you want to gain 10 pounds of muscle? Mm-hmm. No, it's because you want to be around longer. You want to have more energy to do the things you want to do. You want to spend more time with your kids. It's getting to that secondary and tertiary layer is the, the, what I call the emotional wise. And, and, and those are the brands that have that have been you know built and that have made that have really elevated themselves above the competition. And I got
1: bad news for you guys. Yes, thirty two minutes. Is it
0: really? Is that wow. the fa- is that the fastest thirty two minutes? That was the or fastest quick. of all of the ones we've done, and we've done some great ones.
1: I would I, I would like, like to think because I did a lot of talking. I think so. I think that's why. I moved.
2: Uh, Boy uh, bands. Scott Bro. Yeah, unbelievable.
1: Chief Brand Officer, Retro Fitness. Congratulations on all your success. And uh, Bruce Springsteen is a great model. There's a real aha moment in there, and the album cover. And that's not by chance, by the way. And and he's dead on when he talks about Bruce and authenticity. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Fantastic. Steve, we don't ask people how they're doing. Instead, you ask them to tell you something good. What do you got, kid? Oh, today is unbelievable. I am super proud to announce that I am officially part of the
0: Good Karma family now.
1: You you did that last week. Did I really? So yeah, it's still good. <laughs> it's still good. So, so you didn't get fired. You know, what I didn't saying. get fired in the whole okay, week. Okay, well... Congratulations on one up. week of what, still being what, involved.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm still here. So that—that's right. what resonated with me. <laughs> um,
1: give me something else good, Shay. What's good?
0: <laughs> okay, our health. our health.
1: Our <laughs> health. We're all healthy once yes. again. Yes. Our thanks again to Scott Bro, Chief Brand Officer, Retro Fitness for joining us. Uh, listen, this was fun. You want to go for twenty-eight? Twenty-eight would be uh, twenty-eight would be great. That represents my birthday, June twenty-eighth. Let's do that. Yes. Then let's do that. Let's yeah. go for twenty-eight. On behalf of Steve Nudelberg, remember, get the book also in paperback, Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, and so on and so forth. And uh, we thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast.